Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Back to the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom, chapter 15, and we're going to be reading verse 15. Can I get my assistant tonight? I think he knows who he is. Appreciate our assistant, the the mask man. <laughs> and we're going to, uh, as we go back to the Bible scholars here tonight. Um, these are some things that we used to do in Bible college. We would take scriptures and break them down and study them and learn and uh, talk about them. And we have heard, we have heard some tremendous interpretation of the word from our Bible scholars in the congregation. And thank you so much. Each and every one, each and every comment was, has been tremendous and give us great insight um i uh i have been you know at, at times i've thought well i've thought about saying that every comment is just right and every comment i've heard so far is just right now i will say that as long as it's along with the bible but that's the reason why i'm saying every comment we've heard since we've been doing this has been right along with the bible and if it's with the Bible, then we know it's what God wants. So I want to say thank you to everyone that has commented on Scripture and gave uh, thoughts of interpretation because it's so great to take a Scripture and see different perspectives of it. And I think a lot of it comes from our different perspectives of life and what we have experienced. You know, when we experience certain things in life, uh, on this pathway of life, we can look at a scripture and we get a different perspective than maybe someone else gets it, but it all ties in with the will of God and the word of God. As long as it is consistent with from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, uh, we're not trying to find some new religion here. We're not trying to find some, some word that is outside of the word of God because that's not the purpose of this. This is to find the word of God. And and every comment that I have heard so far has been tremendous, tremendous. I say that definitely. Don't you agree? It's been uplifting. It's been encouraging. It's been instructional. And thank you so much. I know that we have a church of Bible scholars here tonight and every night. So we're going to look at the book, the book of Proverbs, chapter 15, verse 15. And we do want to get your comments on this. Uh, don't be bashful. Now, don't preach for an hour, but uh, don't be bashful. And I know we have it. I'm just teasing about that. But the Bible says in Proverbs 15 and 15, All the days of the afflicted are evil, 
But he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Now, I, I want to say here before we go into the comments, you might be thinking about what you're going to say tonight. But have you noticed, and it's not this with every scripture in the book of Proverbs, but have you noticed that there is half of the scripture has one direction and the other half has a different direction? In other words, to those that might not be considering God and living for God, this is the results of that. But to those that surrendered to God, this is the result of that choice. So the book of Proverbs and, and wisdom uh, brings forth the good and the bad, the right way, the wrong way. Wisdom gives us understanding of direction of what way we need to go. So as we look at this, I'm going to read it again. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Now I'm going to give you a few key word definitions of some of the words here, and as if you're not accustomed to this, uh, we have actually taken, of course this book, Proverbs, is from the Old Testament, and the Old Testament was interpreted from the Hebrew. The New Testament was interpreted from the Greek. And so we're taking these words and using definitions that come from the Hebrew because we're in the Old Testament, we're in the Hebrew. So when you look at this verse, it says all the days. First of all, that's pretty simple, all of the days. A lifetime is what the definition says all of the days a lifetime a lifetime of the afflicted the word afflicted here means poor weak humbled and lowly so all of the days or the lifetime of the afflicted or the poor the weak the humbled the lowly are evil and the word evil here is sad unhappy unpleasant and misery now that's a prime example right there interpretation of scripture and words uh, when you look at evil we're thinking uh, maybe some kind of a demonic spirit or whatever and in a lot of cases that is the case or evil thoughts or evil motives or whatever but um, in this, its definition is sad, unhappy, unpleasant, and misery. So a lifetime of those of the afflicted, the poor, the weak, the humbled, the lowly, are sad, unhappy, unpleasant, and misery. But, here's the different direction here. But he that is of a merry heart, merry means pleasant, agreeable but he that is of a pleasant and an agreeable heart hath a continual feast and the word here feast is banquet is banquet so banquet banquet and the word feast so who wants to give a thought on this scripture interpretation of it yes sister Juwan 
Okay, there's a lot in this scripture, so I'm going to leave most of it for someone else. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a wise thought. (laughs) But um, the merry heart, I mean, you have taught us over the years to think positive. There's good and there's bad and everything, but if you see the good side of things, you're going to have a merry heart. Like when my mom passed away, um, <clears throat> that could have been an evil day, but God gave us such a beautiful day for her funeral in October. The leaves were changing colors. It was warm and sunshine, blue skies, and, and the funeral was out in the uh, Tulip, Arkansas, little bitty town. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, And it was just beautiful out there, and I did not see any sadness out there I mean you know of course we missed our mom and my aunts missed their sister and all but um, we had a merry heart that day because God blessed us and you know a banquet's always fun we had a banquet that day yeah. and, uh, and it was a great day but if you just remember the blessings of the Lord like Sister Tina and Brother John said the other day yeah. They are blessed. All the things that they've gone through, right. and all they could describe it as being blessed. Mm. So there's your merry heart. Just think of the good things. Amen, amen. <clears throat> and banquet could also, I th- I believe it could tie in with a spiritual experience there too. The the banquet. So very good, very good. Who's next? Yes. Could this mean like um, just about how the how the way you go through your life? If you're looking at the ground, if you're thinking everything's bad, if you're thinking the sun never shines on me, you're never going to see the brighter side of days, the brighter side of life, the merry, the happy side of you know your life is a continual feast. I mean, it's kind of the way you look at life, I guess, is like you can look at it where everything is just bad all the time, or you can look at the good side of life and have a smile and a happy heart. Absolutely. Very good. Very good. Let me read that scripture again. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Continue is a key word there too. Yes, Sister Janae. So usually a feast doesn't involve just one person. It involves many people, mm-hmm. and um, I guess I just saw it as um, if you have a merry heart, you desire for others to benefit from that, um, and so you will make ways for others to join in with that joy, with that merry heart that you have. Um, 
And also, I feel like however you are as a person, if you are afflicted in nature um, within yourself, or if you have a merry heart, you kind of perpetuate however you are. Um, So if you're afflicted, you not only have evil days, but you also cause more evil days um, because that's where your heart is. And again, as a, as a feast involves other people, I feel like the first part would also involve other people. You know, we hear all the time that your actions affect other people, whether you realize it or not, whether you're doing anything directly to people or not, you affect people every day. Um, and so it's almost like a, a corporate type of thing that, um, you know, your actions are affecting other people, whether your heart is in an evil place or whether it is in a good place. Mm. That's very good. Very good. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. And when I look at that, uh, you know, that's, that is the thing. I believe that God's plan for, um, for his church is to not just harbor this blessing just for ourselves but everything that God does it's like he didn't he came to this earth for all mankind he and he wants his people to be able to reach out and affect other people around us so true and that's that's the way it is with everything with God it seems like that's 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 good anybody else have a thought just about this one I was thinking about all of the scripture and when you said in the beginning did you notice there's one way or the other when I first came here um, there was this I think it was your sermon I don't remember there was a sermon those first few weeks were a little blurry but there was a sermon that stuck with me it was there were two trees in the garden and uh, there were many trees in the garden but there's still two trees you either eat the knowledge of good and evil that Mm -hmm. Satan lures you to or you eat the tree of life. And that has stuck with me since I've been here. And every scripture is, uh, do you choose the tree of knowledge of good and evil or do you choose the tree of life? I was thinking about that today when I opened it up and I said, all all of them in this chapter, it's not always that way in Proverbs, but especially in this chapter. Mm -hmm. Choose one tree or the other. Right, very good, very good. Brother Luke. Let's take a crack at it, I guess. Uh, all the days of the afflicted are evil. Uh, the Bible does say, too, also, uh, many are the afflictions of the righteous, right? But he delivereth from them all. Um, I believe that ties in, in a way, um, either way, um, that continual feast could be the victories over the afflictions. I believe it's going to rain on the just and the unjust. Mm-hmm. But uh, if God delivers from the things that are evil that come our way, because the Bible does say also, when you would do good, evil is always present. You know what I mean? I know that ain't evil. That's more of a sad there. But uh, God's going to deliver and give victory through whatever you're going through. So. Amen. Very good. Very good. Good comments. Uh, no, I just figured that continual was continual. 
I'm not trying to be smart. I'm just. Hey. <laughs> no, no, no. That's good. That's good. Um, but that would be uh, something to look up. But continual. I think I did look it up. But that was basically what it meant. Just something that's continually going on and on. But when I look at this too, I look at you know the spiritual aspect of this. You know, I don't. I don't feel that uh, people that are poor are evil. People that are weak are evil. People that are humbled are evil. But I look at it like in the sense of when people are 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 poor in spirit and poor or weak in spirit um, or lowly in spirit, where they are not desiring to connect with that, I do believe it brings forth an evil thing upon our lives. But he that is of a merry heart, I believe that those are those people that have the spirit of God in them the pleasant the agreeable spirit of God and it's going to be a continual feast or continual banqueting on the spiritual things of God the word of God the spirit of God the presence of God and and yes it it's it's all connected there so um, good thoughts very good thoughts uh, verse 16 or do I have any more comments on that verse 15 any more okay let's go on to verse 16 and it says better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith I think we can all relate to that. Anybody have any interpretation? Yes, Sister Sheets. I think in that case, the fear of the Lord doesn't really mean being afraid. Mm -hmm. I think it means honor and respect of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So that's what I put myself in the scripture. In the what? Into this scripture. Okay. Where it says better is little yeah. with the fear of the Lord. Because yeah. I feel like I get by with what I need because of the Lord. Yeah. It's not that I fear him. I would fear him if I didn't serve him. Yeah. With a different fear. Right. Absolutely. Very good. Very good. And yes, fear the definition of fear is respect, reverence, and revered. Yes, Sister Katie? Um, when I read this scripture, I think about um, if you don't have little, if you have a lot of things or a lot like a busy schedule or just a lot going on in your life, you could become so focused on those things and almost like idolize those things and that, that's obviously separation from the Lord. And, you know, without all the stuff, you have the real treasure. You have God. You have that connection. So it's just the opposites, as you, met, as you mentioned before. Mm -hmm. Amen. Very good. You know, when I, and, I, and I've made this comment, and probably you have too at some point or another, that, you know, even if we didn't have this beautiful building here to worship in, um, 
if we had to worship out underneath an oak tree somewhere we could be blessed and feel the power and the spirit of God and one one of the things that I think about is you know I, I thank the Lord for blessings of a home and and thank the Lord for utilities being paid and a job and this and that but you know some of the greatest treasures of life are the presence of God just being the presence of God the word of God the power of God the healing God the answering of prayer but my, my relationship with God that to me I'm speaking for myself and I'm sure you probably feel the same way but that means more to me than anything else if I had everything else that it was just little hardly anything as long as I have God I am rich that's the way I look at it so I mean that's just some thoughts that I had here anybody else on this verse yes brother Eric We need you to speak in the mic so they can hear. What's that? Well, we'll hold it out close. <laughs> we need those online to be able to hear it too. All right, I got you. Um, it talks about, you know, better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. And uh, Jesus was speaking to his apostles at one point, telling them that it was uh, easier for a camel to pass through a needle than it was for a rich man to uh, go into heaven. And uh, I think, and he he was, you know, I definitely talk about wealth because the man he asked to sell, he had had great wealth. And uh, I, I find sometimes people with great wealth, they, they don't depend on God. They they depend on what they've made. They depend on themselves. And, and the longer they have wealth, they don't, uh, they, they may say they need God and they might have some type of relationship with God, uh, but uh, they've never known what it's like to uh, really depend on God for literally their next meal or, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, people who have very little, uh, they, you know, for one, they, they go in with a cheerful heart and a thankful heart and they just thank God that they even have a roof over their head, but they... Uh, uh, they they are very dependent on God and they trust in God and God comes through for them every time. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom hates this story, but uh, when we lived in Indiana, uh, we fell on some really hard times. We literally had zero food. We had nothing. And my mom hates this story. It embarrasses her so badly. But uh, the whole family was just on fire for God. And we were going to a little church in a little hick town called Heltonville. We had we had no food, literally no money, nothing had like a dollar and put in the gas tank thank god gas was a dollar then and uh, uh we prayed that we'd have food and uh my mom was too proud to ask for anything as was my dad we prayed we'd have food and uh my dad had just lost his whole business and everything else from doing dad stuff and and uh but we trusted god i mean we fully trusted god there wasn't any worry and uh, so we just got done praying, left church, we're headed back home, and uh, we drive by, and there's this grocery store, and they were dumping uh, probably 500 pounds of frozen microwave meals into a dumpster. <laughs> so my dad jumps out and is like, what are you doing with all those? <laughs> so 
in, in my typical dad fashion and like, we're not supposed to tell anybody or we're not supposed to do anything with these. They're still frozen. They're perfectly fine. So we filled like two deep freezes with those and, and we never <laughs> didn't trust that God would take care of us. One, and and right. sometimes it was because, you know, of, of decisions that even that weren't that were dumb, that were made, but mm. God still took care of us. Right. And we trusted in God. Rich, I, I believe people with great wealth, and there are people with great wealth that live for God, and they, they do trust God, and they, you know, but it's it's just uh, a lot of times they do trust themselves, and they trust in what they have, and it doesn't mean that, you know, they don't love God, but the, but the fear part too is uh, is is a reverence and a trust, and, and uh, you know, it, it's just there, there's a lot wrapped up, and I'm not going to go on and on and on. But you know, that's all I'll say. So I'll leave it at that. So. That's good. Yes. Thank the Lord for the testimonies that we have. I think we've all had little at some point or another, but God came through. He always does come through. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. So the word little, of course, is pretty plain, few and small. Fear is respect, reverence, and revered. With the fear of the Lord or respect of the Lord, reverence and revering the Lord. Then great treasure. Treasure is well great is much, many, and abundance. Treasure is storehouse supplies so with a great storehouse great supplies and trouble therewith trouble is confusion disturbance turmoil panic I, I've heard stories of people that were billionaires and they weren't satisfied and with confusion disturbance and turmoil and panic in their lives, fear in their lives. But the thing about it is if we have God, well, no matter what level we're at, if we have little, if we have a little bit, a little bit more, or if we're wealthy, as long as we have God, we're going to have a very happy life. That's the main thing, is to have God in our lives. Someone else? Anybody have an interpretation here? Yes. I think the scripture for me, because um, um, I like to take the scriptures and like Sister Sheets was saying and like make it personal and like put my name in there like mm -hmm. God is speaking to me and so like for me this scripture hits home with like things I have been through in my life you know um, there are so many times that it's so much better to just have a simple life you know of just being able to pay your bills and getting by in life and just having a simple life that's and a great relationship with God to where, like we were saying, you know, you were saying on being able to just have faith and trust that all the things that you might feel like, you know, are shaky or you might not make it through, you know, just waking up and having that faith in God is so much less stressful to me mm -hmm. than being able to wake up in a house full of like tons of things or tons of people and just feeling alone you know I know for me like a lot of times in my life I can be surrounded by many people and still feel alone 
and it's a really sad and empty feeling, you know? And so for me, I just look at it like, I would so much rather have that simple life like I have today of my daily struggles of like looking for a job or making ends meet and living a simple life of still being with my parents, knowing that every day is fine, you know? Am I where I wanna be? Sure, no kid wants to live with their, with their parents, but I don't wake up every day and wonder where I'm gonna eat, wonder where I'm gonna sleep, you know? I'm in a home where I'm surrounded by people that love and fear God as well, which helps build, you know, your relationship, as opposed to being out there in the world and being surrounded by what the enemy makes us see as treasure, you know? as something as simple to me as, um, taking a job that I have to work Sundays and Wednesdays, you know, to me, it's not worth the trouble that's going to come with that, you know, working those extra days and being able to get that little bit of money. I'd rather take a job and say, I cannot work Sundays and Wednesdays because those are my lifeline days. Like I need those in order to survive. And I've right. noticed that if there's times where I'm not going to church, like I feel the trouble that comes with that great treasure, you know, that mm -hmm. seems so big to us. And, and I would rather you know, look at the scripture and just look like, and just look at it like, God's got me and no matter what I do, if, as, even as just the simple things in life that could just be, you know, watching the people that you're around or the places that you go might look like a treasure at the time, you know, but looking deep into that stuff, the trouble that comes with it spiritually is not, it's never been worth it to me, you know, when I have a walk with God that's healthy. So I would just have, I would rather just have my simple life of God taking care of me and having a great relationship than dealing with what the world teaches us is beautiful and worth it when it's not, you know. So that's like it. That's good. Yes. Sometimes I just want peace. <laughs> just give me peace. I'll be happy. Anybody else on this scripture? Yes. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Well, I feel like this scripture is a really good testament to the fact that living for the Lord is very counterintuitive to what the world teaches. That having more is better. Um, because it means you're successful, because it means you're comfortable. But that's the problem. Um, and I think that sometimes God allows us to have less so that we aren't comfortable because this isn't home. And if you lay up treasures here where moth and rust corrupts things, then you have very little in actuality. But if you lay up your treasures in heaven, a little here is a lot. Um, I knew a youth pastor um, I lived out in Phoenix for one summer after my freshman year at Urshan, and uh, the youth pastor there could not find a job. They had moved from Louisiana to, to Phoenix um, to youth pastor there, and he couldn't find a job anywhere. And um, so he just worked for the church. He just worked full-time. He went to the church every single day, and he did building projects, and uh, they would pay him the little little that they could. You know, they couldn't afford a ton, but just to help him out. And I remember Sister Anthony, his wife, said um, there was one day I knew it was coming, like the rent check was due, and we did not have it. 
and I was just walking out to the mailbox, prophesying and speaking in tongues, like just praying, Lord, I need you to give me something. I need something because it's here. Like today's the day and it's due. And she walked out to the mailbox and someone had sent them a check for to the dollar, the amount that they needed for rent. And so though they had little, they were able to give all of the time that they had to the church because he wasn't working a job outside of that. So the church was blessed and they were still provided for. Um, so what little they had was so much more than what other people would look at them and judge them to have. And it was just really encouraging and very, um, it's just a good example of what living for the Lord is like. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Very good. We lived on $60 a week. I've mentioned that before at one point, and we didn't realize we were poor. <laughs> but we still had a, had food on the table and, and uh, paid our tithes and offerings to the church, all $6 plus a little sacrifice of offering. But God made ends meet. He took care of us, and uh, we just had a great time. <laughs> so life life was good. Life is still good. $60 a week, you know, we think, okay, back then, back years ago, that went a long way. Now, it was poor. Trust me, it was poor. $60 a week didn't go very far, and especially now, it wouldn't go very far. But, but we, uh, we did put our focus in the Lord, and, and great things came out, so we're grateful. Anybody else? One more? Or Yes, Sister Toby. Better is the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. This reminds me of Lazarus and the rich man. Hmm. Lazarus had nothing. He said outside the gates of the rich man, dogs licked his sores. Mm -hmm. He had nothing. He had no, just whatever crumbs someone would give him. He relied on charity. He relied on other people just giving what they didn't want to him. And the rich man, it said that he built, he said, you know, he's going to build some storehouses. And the next day he died after building them. God said, I will require of you your soul. And when he died, he went to hell. And Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom. Mm -hmm. And you look at that and you say, well, what did that man, Lazarus, how did he help the kingdom of God? He had nothing physically to give. Maybe he had the fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's all he had was the fear of the Lord. Right. And it is a little bit, but it was a lot and it made a difference in his life. And all the rich man wanted was Lazarus to come to dip his finger in water and touch it on his tongue. Mm -hmm. Who knows how many times he passed by Lazarus when he was starving. And this could be, they said it could be a parable, but, or, but because it had a name, it was probably true. Mm -hmm. But we do, we look at people and we say, oh, it'd be great to have that big house 
But with more that you have, the more you're accountable for. I went from a 900 square apartment in the projects in Jerseyville to my own home that God gave me. We drove down a road and it was my old house where I lived when I was 14 years old. We got that house for $10,000. My dad helped me repair it, gave, put the money into it, $10,000 more where it's livable. It's not perfect, but God blessed me, $10,000. God gives us so much more than what a man could walk up and give me. He could, if someone came and said, here's $10,000 on a down payment on a $100,000 house, say, or $50,000 house, 20%. They, you know, I would say, thank you, that's so good. But God went beyond and, and above mm. what that. He gave me it for almost free. <laughs> but I do appreciate what God gives me I don't want to, I want to live with the fear of the Lord. And like Sister Sheet said, it's not the, oh, God's going to get me. It's that I, I know who he is. He's told me who he is. He's revealed himself to me. And I'm thankful that he has because I know he's my provider. I know he's my healer. I know he's everything that I need. He's more than enough. And I just love him. Amen. And Lazarus did have an effect because we're still talking about it today. <laughs> he had a great... He's having an effect on us even yet today. Amen. Good, very good. We're going to go into the next scripture, verse 17. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. Better is a dinner of herbs. <laughs> That's an inside joke with me and my wife right now. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. She's got me on a dinner of herbs. But hey, we got love. We got love. That's all we need. So hallelujah. If I shrivel up to nothing, then I still got love. So. Okay, anybody want to give an interpretation to this? Thank you for all the great comments. Yes, Brother Ayers. Uh, just to just to me it just seemed like it just kind of jumped out um, love makes everything better and bearable hatred removes any possibility of enjoying even the finest of things in this world mm -hmm. Amen. very good very good let me give the interpretation of saying these words here dinner is meal food allowance rations Herbs is vegetables, garden greens. Love is God's, there's three different aspects of love is in this verse. Uh, first of all, God's love toward humans, his creation. And then our love toward God. And then people's love toward other people. 
And then uh, stalled ox is feed and fatten. And then, of course, hatred is hating therewith. So, anybody? I think of this, and I'm like, I might be eating a salad. I don't like salad. I don't care for it. I'd rather have a nice, juicy T-bone steak. Amen. As you can tell, <laughs> I like food. <laughs> but if I'm with the people I love, it makes it a heck of a lot more enjoyable. If I'm with my family, if I'm with my parents, it, it's fun to be people, and it's good to be around people that you love. It don't matter if you're out in a freezing cold rain with the people you love, makes the day a whole bunch better. Right. Amen. Very good. Very good. Anybody else? Yes, Sister Lonnie. It reminds me of the Daleskis, this family that was neighbors um, in my elementary years. And Mr. and Mrs. Daleski had nine kids and six chairs around the dinner table. <laughs> so the kids ate in shifts. But um, they would always, so I would go over and have dinner with Becky. And they would always choose dinner time to air their differences, Mr. and Mrs. Daleski. So you had to learn. It's funny now, but it was not funny then. It was hard to swallow anything at that table. Um, <laughs> you were always looking for the pan to fly because Mrs. Daleski would get so mad she'd pick up the pan of vegetables or whatever was in it and be flinging across the table to Mr. Daleski. They'd be screaming at each other. It was not fun, and it gave you a stomach ache eating at the table. I can't imagine living in that. Can you, those poor nine kids, you know what I mean? I mean, like, anyways... That's when I first saw this. That's what I thought me. I know it's funny now, but you know, it's not funny being raised in that stuff. But that's and and they had good food. Mr. Daleski made good money, but it was just not. Anyways, yes, Sister Kate. This just takes me back to the last scripture of having little. It just reminds me of a person who might have to go out after their own food or has to grow their own food because they can't afford, you know, the fattened meat. Mm -hmm. um, and their focus is where it should be because they're not completely cluttered with stuff and things that I mentioned before. And as opposed to the person who has things and is full of, you know, the things that we don't want to be full of when we are not close to God, including hatred and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Amen. Very good. Anybody else? Awesome. Oh, you're scratching your nose. Okay. <laughs> Anybody else? Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and a, and hatred therewith. All right, let's go on to the next verse. 
Verse 18, a wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. Let me give you the definitions here in the Hebrew. A wrathful man means heat, rage, hot displeasure, and burning anger, burning anger, venom, poison, and fever. So it must be a pretty pretty angry man. And then stirreth up is cause strife, to cause strife, to stir up, to meddle, to wage war. Strife is discord, discord. Slow to anger is patient. Appeaseth is be quiet, be tranquil, be at peace. And strife is quarrel, dispute, and controversy. Quarrel, dispute, and controversy. So let me read that verse one more time. A wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. This reminds me of when I was a young, young mechanic back about 19, 20 years of age, and I worked at a shop up in Brighton, Illinois, and there was an older mechanic there, and he was a drinker, an alcoholic, and he would be working on something, and he would make a mistake, and he would grab his hammer and just beat the parts into billions of parts and break <laughs> even more stuff. And, you know, it would take him four more hours to get it fixed while me and my friend would be over in the other bay. We'd be turning over car after car because we enjoyed our work. We did it with joy. It was like, you know, if, if you made a mistake, you learned from it. You didn't take the carburetor and smash it on the floor like a bowling ball. <laughs> and I, I, you know, and a wrathful man, that when, as soon as that popped up, I thought of this man because... I watched him do this over and over for as long as he worked there till he got fired because he would lose his temper and just boil over at the slightest little mistake and and uh, it would cost him you know cost him his job eventually so we we were kind of it was kind of like the hothead and you know the the guys that enjoyed their job so mm -hmm. We were, I don't think we ever got angry about it. We kind of giggled. You know, he didn't want to giggle too loud. He'd throw his hammer at you. you know, so. <laughs> yep. A wrathful man stirreth up strife. Stirs up metal, wages war of discord. But he that is slow to anger appeaseth, or be quiet, tranquil, at peace, strife. I know this may be hard to imagine with me, but um, there's been many times in my life where I've been wrathful with people, and I think to a few different circumstances at multiple jobs with multiple people at multiple times where um, I would react out of anger, and almost every time I would get the desired result, you know, whether someone wasn't doing something the right way or whether someone wasn't doing something the way I thought they should be doing, which 
in our minds a lot of times it's synonymous um, and a lot of times I'd get the desired result but every time that there would be a rift so I know from experience sometimes anger or, or wrath gets you what you want um, more often than not especially if you're dealing with someone who's not willing to be confrontational with you but I can't think of very many times where that was my reaction where my relationship with that person wasn't changed um, indefinitely moving forward so that's just kind of like like that's just kind of what I think of is the times where I was wrathful or strife was um, was sown and then that stays sown it stirs up strife yeah. anybody else yes Brother Luke Let's see this scripture here. I guess we all get angry, but uh, a wrathful man stirs up strife. I think he sort of wakes up angry. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think the Bible tells us we can all get angry. I know the Lord got angry at the temple the one time. But uh, um, anyhow, don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. You know, It's a good thing to be getting rid of. And uh, I, I think it's a good thing not to have every day. You know what I mean? <laughs> But uh, I do think we all get there, but I think we need, we got the ability to change that. But the, if we wake up for it and we're looking for it, you know, we'll be stirring it up. So, hmm. right, very good. Anybody else? Yes. <laughs> I don't know if I should do this or not, if I'm stepping out of submission, because Austin told me I wasn't allowed to answer for this one. <laughs> um, so, sorry. You're the, one that's, you're the one that's calmed him down from the wrath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think of this in terms of parenting, uh, probably because I am one now. Um, and before I was a mom, I thought that I was really, that I was really patient and much to my chagrin, I have found that I am not as patient as I once thought. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it's possible to be angry and not be wrong. The Bible says to be angry and sin not. Um, but there's a difference between wrathfulness and anger. Um, and I just think of how much as as a parent that you have you have an effect on your children um and so much of that because kids test every three milliseconds um every chance they get and I remember doing that as a child and I thought man I'm gonna I'm just gonna get it right back aren't I and I see so much of the way that I was as a kid how testy I was just with my parents in one of my kids and (laughs) um, and the Lord is just teaching me how impatient I am but also as being my father how patient he has been with me because in my walk with him I have been like a child who asks questions every five seconds and who complains all the time and um, who acts out and uh, doesn't listen all the time 
And so I've just become so thankful for his patience with me um, and that his being slow to anger has appeased strife in my life um, and how I wish and pray so very much that I'm the same way with my kids. I know I'm not going to be perfect, um, but I hope that they don't have strife because of my impatience, uh, but that I would be long-suffering with them as God has been long-suffering with me. Right. Yep. Amen. It reminded me of a uh, story, Sister Chambers, um, Brother Chambers, Stanley Chambers, was the superintendent of United Pentecost Church uh, several years ago. And... Um, he taught at Gateway, and then his wife taught there a few times also. But she was telling us about a time that she asked the Lord to give her patience. And she said as she was down on her knees in an altar praying for patience, she said, because she was just frustrated with the kids, you know, the kids were acting up and this and that. She said, Lord, please just give me patience. As her daughter walks up with a box of cereal and dumps it on her head, and she said, when you ask for patience, be ready to receive whatever is going to help you find that patience. So she had to endure that. I've never forgot that, but yes, that is, that is so true. Sometimes, um, you know, we do have to consider our, our uh, heart and patience in life, patience with people. Um, as we look at the scripture, a wrathful man stirreth up strife. It's to me, you know, when you stir something up, I've always heard, you've heard it too, don't kick a sleeping dog. Let him sleep, let him rest, but when you kick him, you're stirring it up. You're trying to get him to get riled up, you know. And sometimes people that have uh, a wrathful attitude or thought, whatever, they're trying to stir stuff up, because they like strife. Some people like strife. I don't like strife. I'll deal with strife, but I don't like strife. But then it goes on and says, but he that is slow to anger appeases strife uh, or quiets strife or brings it tranquil or at peace. Slow to an anger. Um, slow to anger appeaseth strife. And, and how many times have you noticed that if someone speaks something wrathful that you try to throw it back at them? But what about the people that are slow to anger and give a soft answer It turns away wrath? Uh, it's hard to get in a big argument with someone like that. It just kind of diffuses it, you know, uh, diffuses the situation. Yes, Sister Burke. Um, I feel like because that word is so strong, according to the meaning that you read, the venom and the poison, um, it's describing someone, I think it's describing two different people here. One that is, I mean, they're like the worst of the worst. They're evidently something in a person's life like that has been so bad that it has caused them to be just spread poison, whoever they talk to, and they're just always angry. Um, evidently, something causes that in that person to want to just give it out to everyone else. Everywhere they go, they're just mad all the time, and 
everybody feels that wrath versus the other person something has happened in their life to make them very slow to anger evidently they had a really good example that they watched and the other one probably had a very bad example I mean if you were taking this and saying these are two different people um, those slow to anger you know I just feel like they've been taught to process and you know they just look at everything before they speak and then they they always want peace and uh, I think it just describes really two different type of people depending on what their life has brought them and they respond accordingly mm. Amen. very good I have to check my Holy Ghost uh, just getting the kid up for school, you know, because they're mean and they're full of wrath and they're hateful. And I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> um, it's definitely something that I struggle with a lot, even having the Holy Ghost. I'm quickly being, catching myself becoming that wrathful man, wanting to stir up the strife or even react to strife because the world is full of people that want to and literally long to see those of us that have something that they don't have or something that they want mm -hmm. um, even if it's something that may make them look smaller next to you and I know that when I'm angry and I'm like angry with somebody who doesn't get angry back at me it vexes me you know like I almost want them to get angry back at me you know mm -hmm. like and it's just uh, being in that type of situation instantly is what checks my Holy Ghost because it's one of the biggest things that goes on in my life that uh, I know when I'm prayed up and when I'm not, because I can get, I can just wake up and just hate the world for no reason, you know, mm. and if you wake up like that, I can literally find myself struggling more throughout the day, even if I find a place to pray, it's still a struggle, because I just automatically woke up, and it was like, all right, hit enemy, here I am, you know, let's do this, mm -hmm. and it's a fight every day to, even with the Holy Ghost, to not be that wrathful person, you know, but I know it makes me feel a lot better as a Christian and as a mom and as a daughter whenever I can get through a situation that I want to be wrathful at, wrathful through, and know that I made it out not being that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it just makes you feel better as a person to be able to be able to not have that wrathful hate and anger that you're, I know that I'm surrounded by a lot in the world, you know. It's so bad right now. Like, all of these scriptures literally just add up to what we're going through right now, <laughs> and that's how I feel. Like, right. this is the world. Like, this is what we are going through right now in the world with Christians and people that are so full of hate and so full of anger and uh, just wanting an answer to something. And, like, we are that answer, you know. I know I said that last Wednesday, too, and just being always checked in your spirit when you go out and, and knowing that we are a light. You know, we're, we want to show those people that have we have something that they want and where they can get it. I always have to check my spirit every time. Mm -hmm. Even being in retail, you know, in retail working, seeing customers nonstop, especially with the COVID. 
there's so many angry people out there and it's so easy for me yeah. to just be like you know but it keeps me on my toes and that's why like I'm so grateful for the Holy Ghost today because it helps me to stay on you know being the other person as much as I can I mean I fail a lot obviously but uh, it's that Holy Ghost that keeps me from knowing which one I, which man I want to be each day amen very good very good I'm going to stop there um, and I, I want to just say something here about a conversation me and my wife had um, tonight. When, I know sometimes, and as you were talking about this, it kind of reminded me of where our world is right now. Our world is going through a tough time, and everybody is on edge. Everybody is on edge. And we need to understand that. Um, but the thing about it is sometimes when the Lord bless, all these scriptures when you read them the Lord blesses his people that's, that's the difference it talks about the evil and this is what's going to happen and then those that live for God or do the right thing or walk with God then this is what happens but we, we were talking about um, something I feel like is very important for us to understand as the Lord blesses us, there's going to be people that are going to be angry with us. Whether it's out of jealousy, whatever it's out of, because because the Lord has blessed us. And we need to thank the Lord for the blessing, but we need to understand where the people are coming from that are going through the struggle. I don't know what they've been through. They've probably been through a miserable mess and sometimes people try to pull others down to get them on the same level they are on because people, uh, misery likes company. Misery likes company. So a lot of times people will, if they're in misery, they want you to be in misery too because we want company here. But we've got to take the high road and just continue to walk with God. And um, when we live for God, God is going to be true to his word and bless his people there's nothing to be ashamed about on that thank God for it our blessings a lot of times bless others but we do have to understand that sometimes people are going to lash out at us or be angry with us and it's not because we're a bad person or whatever it's because of jealousy or what have you because the Lord has blessed you so we do need to keep that in mind, keep that understanding there. Uh, it's a crazy world right now, crazy things that people are going through. And I feel for what people are going through. We're going through it too with everybody else. But we have the Lord to fall back on to and to lean on and to trust in and have hope and faith in. And God's taking care of us. He's taking care of us. And thank the Lord for that. He's true to his word. Amen. Let's stand. Let's stand and let's lift our hands and thank God for the blessings that he's given us tonight. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you, God, for being so true to your word.